0: y'all I know it has been a while let me turn my air down because I know you're probably listening to it sounds like my windows are down with the air on that high it's toasty warm in New England oh my goodness I can't stand the humidity I miss my arid dry heat don't miss 130 degrees but I definitely miss my arid, dry heat so West Coast I'm thinking of you mostly because I miss you (laughs) anyway um so it has been a doozy of a probably like a month since I've posted anything I I have been through the rigmarole and I can tell you the last week has probably been the hardest week I've had in about ooh almost four years so um yeah I don't even know where to get started at so let me just start with uh, welcome Um, thank you all for listening to beauty from ashes Um, you know it's really really hard when you have family members with disabilities Um, most people don't understand what it's like to raise children or to care for family members with disabilities Um, especially You know disabilities are kids that you can't see like um whether it's physical or um, mental health or developmental um when it's not super apparent when you have a kid that just looks typical it's so hard on them it's so hard on you because people think you're making it up and unfortunately i know there are people out there that make a mountain out of a molehill or you know um, i know there's that movie and i'm totally not remembering the name the poor girl whose mother, like, basically made her ill, and (laughs) there was nothing wrong with her, so, you know, things like that that do go on, which then puts a thought in everyone's head, like, oh, something's wrong with you, (laughs) there's nothing wrong with your kid, something wrong with you, (laughs) you know, and, um, that's really tough, so I, uh, started this podcast because it's so hard to get to these support groups, and, like, you're already monopolized, with all of the appointments and the schedules and the therapies and it's it's like why when I have a free hour I don't want to go sit in a support group with a bunch of people I want to go to the gym I want to um, go to lunch by myself oh what a concept <laughs> it's crazy because when you're young like God forbid you go to lunch by yourself or you do something alone and when you become a parent whether you have a typical kid or a special needs kid you really like that alone time (laughs) there's nothing better than going to lunch by yourself you know oh my gosh nobody talking at me while I'm trying to eat my food (laughs) or read a book you know so um it's you know I'd rather do something more productive with my time than just go into a support group that I just have never been to one that I really felt like it was beneficial. So maybe if y'all have one, great. I'm not saying don't do it because I think that you should get in community. I think community is the best thing you can do if you have kids at all. You know, just doing life with other people is so important, but I find that it's so much harder when you have um, a child or a family member with special needs to get into a community, especially with the fact that your time is so monopolized. You know, a lot of times, when you have typical kiddos and they're in activities, you can kind of do community with the other families your kids are in activities with. Not always, but a lot of times. And you build friendships and relationships, and and um, you know you you can be have that support, that emotional support. Sorry, I just drank some coffee, <laughs> got the hiccups. So you have uh, you have that emotional support a lot of times, and um, that when you're with your special special kiddo. That's not necessarily the case. So anyway, that's why I started Beauty From Ashes, long-winded version. Sorry. And, um, I, you know, there's always a purpose. I always say everyone has their stuff. Like everybody has their junk they have to deal with. Whether it's, you know, it's a little bit harder to take care of a kid. It's, you know, you have to take care of your parent at a young age. Maybe they have, um, some kind of like MS or lupus, and they're they're struggling, and you, you know you have to take care of your own parent or even a sibling. Um, we all have our stuff. It's, it may not be the same stuff, but we all have our stuff, and it's hard for us to go through at that time. But I really, really find it's what you do with that stuff that can make or break you, and how you use that stuff that will make you successful and and help you just retain your joy. So. <clears throat> Um, again, that's, again, why I started Beauty for Ashes. But um, I just kind of want to talk about some, some of the stuff we've been going through um, the last, oh, this has been going on and on. But just, you know, I have so many social workers and I have so many supports and family resource people. And um, they're all fantastic. They all have the best of intentions. They have great big hearts and, you know, one of my social workers is always there when I really need to vent and I'm just so frustrated with the system. And, and really, I can tell you this last week has just been that frustration. Um, you know, unfortunately, we have a service provider that does a lot of our in-home services that unfortunately seems the service provider for everybody in our region, whether it's insurance or just state programming, and they're absolutely completely incompetent we have probably worked with near like 12 people at this facility and um unfortunately <laughs> i will say 85 percent of them have been utterly and completely incompetent and it's just a disservice to our family it's a disservice to my child and um So we just lost one of our state services because I absolutely refuse to work with them again. Um, Every time they come into my home, they're the only ones that do it too because I do have other service providers that work in my home. But every time they come in my home, I get threats of reporting me to Child Protective Services or Department of Children and Families, depending on where you're at, because of just the pettiest crap. And I'm sorry, if you're here in a therapeutic manner, your job is not to create disease and, and discomfort, and and um, your job is to create an environment of safety and security and comfort, so that you can work with people. And every single group of people, like I've never had anybody last more than seven months with us. Everybody rotates. This is just all of the services, not just this particular provider. So, um, nobody really lasts more than, um, seven months. Actually, I think it's the longest we've had anyone sit in and, um, it's the same thing. And I've been doing this for five years. I might add, it has been, um, almost five years to the, I won't say to the day, but it's been almost five years we've been doing this and I'm I'm tired, tired of fighting with people. I'm tired of people not doing their job. And it really aggravates me. And I've said to them, I'm like, look, like My child has mental health disabilities. Like, it's not going away. The whole point is to teach her how to function within them so that she can be successful as an adult. And unfortunately, with the type of mental health disability she has, it's a lot of repetition um, over and over again. The same thing, reminding, reminding, and just hoping one day it clicks. Like, I was told that by our pediatric psychologist in Vegas when I left. So when she was, like, nine years old i was told that then so why would it change now you know so we you know we just keep doing over and over and unfortunately because of the instability and the service providers um and the fact that they you know they do their nine months or year and they're they're out the door and they just expect it to be fixed and i'm like you guys haven't done anything But my biggest complaint, I will say, and and this is where as a parent, you really need to watch. Like these providers specifically are working with my child directly, not with me there. And so sometimes you need to be there. Sometimes you need to poke your head in. Sometimes you need to see what's going on because my treatment plans consist of practical applied activities like helping with organizational skills, helping to make a plan for, you know, organizing, um, helping with ADLs, which is like showering, teeth brushing, self-care, Um, cleaning up after ourselves, like really kind of giving her practical, applied therapeutic methods for achieving these goals. Because as she's gotten older, believe it or not, these have gotten so much worse for us, especially since we've been here. And um, I should say been here meaning the East Coast, which has been, um, we're going on almost six years now. So um, this is what I've asked them to do. This is what's in her treatment plan. And her therapies are consisting of going out in the community, going shopping, um, window shopping, um, maybe getting some snacks, getting a donut, you know, socially chatting, and then um, and doing arts and crafts projects. Like I've never, actually, that's not true. I think I had one girl like twice go up and try to do some organizational skill training with her. But other than that, like that's that's it. And, um, the only therapeutic services we've had that have actually been practical was, um, one of our in-home behavioral service providers. They, they did a lot more practical hands-on work. Um, but unfortunately due to some other situations, they could only go so far. And even though we were trying to get the services again, the company refused because quote unquote, we've already had the services. Like you don't ever need them again. (laughs) Like it just, to me, it's just mind boggling that this is even a topic of discussion. Like, you know, she didn't break her leg and you're just teaching her how to use it again. It's not like physical therapy, <laughs> you know. Um, and physical therapy takes time and, you know, a little improvement, but this, you know, she didn't meet goals, she didn't exceed goals. Like, <laughs> so we just, I just, I just laugh, you know, even my outpatient therapist, who actually worked for the same provider who was doing the, who was requesting the in-home behavioral with, Um, she was just like flabbergasted that that was their response. And she, she told me, she's like, can you just call the supervisor and talk to her and like, let her know, like the situation's different and blah, blah, blah. She's like, cause she's not listening to me. And I kind of laughed and I said, "What what do you think she's going to listen to me? You're the actual professional here and she's not going to listen to you. She's not going to listen to me. I'm just mom. Yeah. And sometimes it works like y'all, like sometimes it works. So please don't think that I'm just like, oh no, I'm not gonna do it. But um, we went ahead and just switched over to another service provider, which, and they came in and things were okay, but it's the same old, same old. You know, I, I have to tell you, one of the big things out here in New England is parent training. And can I tell you, parent training is incredibly important, but my child started with pediatric psychologist when she was four years old, and there was a lot of parent training necessary there. and you know, a lot of questions, and I had amazing people. I, I, so I've probably had about 25 providers in the five years we've been here, and in the six years of therapy we had in Vegas, um, the six years, I only had two therapists, and I had, I think I had three different in-home providers, one didn't work out real well, um, but we had one that we loved. She was amazing. If I could pay her cash to be here, I would pay every, she's worth every penny. She's, she's a police officer now, though, so <laughs> she probably won't be leaving anytime soon. But she was amazing with my kid, and um, I couldn't ask for a better person to work with my family. But um, anyway, so, like, in that time, I dealt with, in six years, I dealt with, like, five different people total, um, and then the pediatrician. But here, like just the home service providers, I've I've probably had about 25 in my home, and just rotation in and out, in and out. And for a a child that requires stability and structure, this is the least helpful method of of operating this. And I think the most frustrating thing about living in a state where the medical is supposed to be top notch, and please do not get me wrong, our medical here is fantastic. these services are just atrocious, and I had this conversation with one of my daughter's social workers yesterday, and I said, you know, Donna, the the services are so compartmentalized and so just square, they don't fit our little round pegs, and I said, it's so frustrating when you have a kid with, with combination disorders that you know, do crossover multiple boxes, but they don't have a specific service that will fit your child. And, um, or, and the wait lists are incredibly long, which I know that everybody like across the country that has to have specialized services like this, um, the wait lists are exorbitant. And, I mean, I know the only reason we haven't even done cognitive behavioral right now is because the wait list is like two years, and I would have to drive to downtown Boston um, every single day or I'm sorry, not every single day. Like three times a week, two to three times a week, and the um, the traffic is deplorable. I might add, parking is exorbitantly expensive. I would say New York and San Francisco are probably the only places more expensive in parking. And I just, I just don't have the time. Like, who has the time? I mean, the commute alone, even if we were taking. A medical transport, not paying for parking, or we were taking the train. It's still incredibly time-consuming. Like you're looking at least an hour plus just for the commute if you're doing public transport, um, if not longer. So, because you you know, there's no direct. Our train system here really isn't that great. New York definitely has a superior train system. Um, but anyway, so you know, my my little my little round peg doesn't fit in all these square boxes. And she said to me, Donna said to me that, she goes, this is more than half of my clients that I work with, that the services just do not fit the child. And I I just said, I don't understand why. Like where I come from, the doctor, or in our case with psychologist, who is a doctor, (laughs) or the clinician that sees your child every week, is setting up the treatment plan. The insurance company reviews it, designates the hours needed to execute the treatment plan, um, and then the service provider, who trains their own people in house, certification and whatnot is done in house, so they get paid training. A lot of times, they're students, um, people studying in the field, uh, you know, that or and or have experience. It could be um, parents that you know just need part time work. Um, because they have their own kiddos that they are taking care of like there's a lot of different things and um, they're credentialed through the programming and the longer they're with the programming the higher their credentials can be because you know my daughter my older daughter actually took programming through them when she lived in Arizona and um, excuse me so these are people especially the students are the ideal um, form for these providers to be executing with because You know, my kid goes to school during there. Most of these kids go to school during the day. And so they need people that can work those after school hours. And so it's ideal for students um, and professionals that are, you know, working in the field. So, excuse me, granted, now there's an income, huge income gap and cost of living gap between these two states. So take that into mind as well. But whereas here they're requiring these higher credentialed people entry level, they're paying them crap and um, the turnover is just so absurdly high. And it costs so much more because you're having these higher credential people execute these, these treatment plans that are set up by the actual provider, not the doctor. Um, and it's, it's, it's just so much more compartmentalized and just ridiculous, whereas there it's more streamlined. It costs the insurance less money. Um, if it's I don't think they do any state programming like they do here but if if it's through the state it would cost the state less money so you know taxpayers it's less money like to me it just makes more sense to do something that's more cost effective and um more efficient like it just I don't know call me crazy (laughs) we all know our government's not the most efficient (laughs) but um it's mind-boggling to me the two different systems they're both run by the state programming for our for our special needs kiddos like these are all specialized programs for kids with um, in Vegas it's it's for children with disabilities so it is general it's generalized for all medical disabilities whether you have a mental health disability or not um, even if it's medical they have a specialized insurance for kids on disability um, set up as a PPO or at least this is how it was I don't know if it is now Um, which was great actually because we didn't have to worry about referrals or anything like that we would just hop over to whoever we needed specialist wise and and it was just so much more convenient whereas now obviously they had to take the insurance but whereas here you know it's it's still it's not an HMO system so much I forgot what they're called but it's not a PPO we need insurance we need insurance referrals and they have changed the insurance a few times but this here is a specialized insurance for kids with emotional disturbance disorders. So pretty much all mental health and developmental disabilities catchment, um, which I think is great. Like I, I th- there I think in a lot of ways this insurance system is better. Like you don't have an income qualification like you would where your kid has to be on disability to receive the insurance. Um, so. You know and a lot of these services you can't use like they don't take private insurance and they don't take cash pay so you have to have in nevada you have to have that insurance which means you're super limited um income wise and um which just ties your hands to the parent because it's so much more expensive to have a kid with with special needs in general whether they're mental physical or just uh developmental So there's a lot more costs involved, there's a lot more things involved, regardless of what supports you get. And I don't care what you say, Social Security does not pay enough to do anything (laughs) to help you out and supplement um, what you would need to provide those things for your child. So um, not my favorite route, obviously. So anyways, I think it's great that Massachusetts has this System through Mass Health for our emotional disturbance disorder children, and you know if you make over a certain amount of income, and I don't know what the caps are. Yeah, you have premiums and co-pays along the way and whatnot, but they're still reasonable. They're making these services available to families, but they're not practical services and they're just not efficient and honestly it just costs the insurance companies more like let's let's find another reason to let the insurance companies hike up their premiums folks like come on so I just wish and they honestly they don't have the other system here I've thrown a tantrum and asked and just you know I really really do know how to be the squeaky wheel and sometimes I think it shoots me in the butt but (laughs) sometimes I ask way too many questions and but I, I have a right to know, like you have a right to know. You should ask questions. You need to know what your kids' services entail. And I have to say, the system here is so broken in the sense that nobody else knows what anyone else does. So they really don't fully understand the full cycle of care. And so it's a lot of, why, why else would I need family resource people from multiple different entities and social workers from multiple different entities because nobody knows the system and the answer I get from these people all the time or I really just don't know you know like it's just insane to me that you're supposed to be helping me through this but I have to do all the footwork I'm sorry I have a background in nonprofits, and I do know how to do footwork and build resources and network and so I do have these skills already in my pocket thank god but the fact that that these, you know, there's so many people out here with with special kiddos that do need all these supports. And, you know, you get the, I don't know, I don't know. If you don't know how to do this stuff, you don't know how to be quote unquote resourceful and, and ask questions and ask the right questions, you're screwed. What if you don't speak English as your first language? What if you don't, you know, there's a lot of people that are here first generation from other countries in, in Massachusetts it's a huge hub for international and um, between the student population and or otherwise and you know what do you do like I just I can't imagine how you don't even understand how the government operates let alone what questions you can ask and you, you just you just don't know and to me that's a dissati- that's that's just such a disservice you know, these, especially when we're dealing with mental health and developmental disabilities where kids can be volatile as they get older, if they don't get the right treatment, it it could pose a, a public safety issue in the future. If your kids don't get the right treatment, if they, they're neglected or abused, you know, they're so fragile in a lot of ways. The mind is such a fragile, fragile organ. And if it's, improperly treated or if you don't know what to do as a parent and you're doing the best you can that's all you can do but when the system fails you it's a problem it's a problem for society as a whole I mean I have to say it it breaks my heart that I have to hear stories about kids that went nuts and um, did something traumatic that changed their entire life because they didn't know how to cope and they never had the supports and the services in place and when states do offer those services and they're just not accessible it's not public information nobody like just isn't streamlined so people can get those helps you know i realize that is a touchy subject because who as a parent wants somebody walking up to him saying oh we, we think your kid might have some psychosocial issues like you probably already know that, but a lot of parents are in denial, especially when it comes to developmental disabilities like autism and and, and such, especially very high functioning versions. While these children may not be a, a safety risk as they get older, um, they definitely have, they can have very successful adult lives if they get the supports early on. They can be highly functional members of society. They're brilliant. They have amazing intellect. And if they can get the help they need young in school and get the supports they need, they, who knows, you know, we could have the next Einstein on our hands in a sense because they're brilliant and they're so delightful in so many ways. And it just, it breaks my heart that it's even possible that kids like this who could be huge benefits to society are just skipped over and brushed aside um, whether it's because of a system issue or parents are in denial and, and I have to say as a parent with an autistic child you know it, it breaks my heart that those kiddos can't get the help if, because of parents in denial I, I mean I have friends that are teachers and I've had people ask me to try to have conversations with people it is the hardest conversation to have with a parent when they're in denial that there might be something wrong with your child and I don't like having that conversation so if you know me and you're a teacher and you want me to have that conversation with someone, please don't ask me (laughs) because I am the worst person when it comes to giving bad news. (laughs) I never know what to say. So, um, I sure as heck know how to complain. (laughs) Um, I know how to give details and information, but I don't feel like I am the most empathetic person or maybe tactile is a better word. (laughs) I am not the most tactful person with um, words when it comes to things like that because I kind of like to spell things out how they are. <laughs> so please, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can be a little abrupt, shall we say. But um, nonetheless, I, I think it's so important for our kiddos to really get the supports to make them successful. You know, if, if there's a medical issue with a child and we don't know what it is, we keep looking. Keep looking until we find it. We don't want our our kiddo to, you know, have some kind of growth development or organ issue, heart issue, God forbid, that could end up killing them if it's not caught. And, um, you know, we work really hard in in medical issues to get things resolved. And sometimes I know our medical parents, y'all work so, so hard and trying to convince doctors to listen to you sometimes is just brutal. And I totally get it. But you know, just keep up the good work. Like just keep it up. That's all you can do. But I think as, as parents, we, we just need to listen to our kids and we need to listen to our doctors and try to just keep asking questions. Ask the questions. I mean, what's the worst thing someone can tell you? I don't know. No. Like <laughs> that doesn't exist. I get a lot of that doesn't exist. We can't do that. I mean, who cares? You're still in the same boat that you were when you started. So, but if you get information that's useful, if you get information that you can pass on, like just keep going, like that's all you can do. So anyways, it is now my gym time because I have to go pick up a kiddo from camp in a few hours and uh, do a little home improvement at home before I do that. So y'all have a great day. I sincerely appreciate you and I wish you all the best. If you have any questions, or you want to ask or share your story, excuse me, um, I've even help with resources. I'll do my best. I'm pretty busy, but I'll do my best. You can reach out to me at beautyfromashespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. You all have a wonderful, wonderful week, and enjoy this nice, toasty, warm weather. God bless.